Hi, I'm John Byrne with Poets and Quants. Welcome to the 2021 podcast edition of the fourth annual MBA Summit brought to you by the University of Michigan's Ross School of Business. Today, we have a really cool discussion we're going to get involved in. We're calling it Women Changing Business as Usual. You know, the traditional stereotype of MBA programs is that they turn out alumni who look and think alike. Well, we have three brilliant women from the Ross School, all MBAs who've turned that convention on its head. So let me introduce all three and how they're already on the road to changing the world. We have very first up, Jane Sia, who is in the class of 2021. She's from Boulder, Colorado. She's passionate about food equity and sustainable agriculture. Uh, She is a Forte Fellow and a researcher for Food Assistance Innovation at the University of Michigan where she also authored a white paper about food assistance innovation during COVID. Jane, it's great to have you. And we also have Eva Zenilman. She is in the class of 22. Uh, She is a dual degree student. She is also getting her MS from the School of Information. And she's lived in Africa for a year, helping women in Northern Kenya establish sustainable livelihoods. So Eva, welcome to you. And then we have Jatim Lyons, who is in the class of 22 as well. And would you know it, she's pursuing a dual degree as well, um, an MA in public policy. And she is a current consultant for the Harlem Children's Zone. Welcome all. So let's start with you, Jane. You're interested in food equity and sustainable agriculture. How did you become interested in this field? Yeah, so... Personally, I've always been interested in food. I love eating and I love cooking and my family was always big on family dinners and I think it's really just part of my family's story. Uh, My parents grew up in China during the Cultural Revolution, so they told me as I was growing up stories about how they had food rations and how like rice porridge with soy sauce was their luxury meal. Um, And then when they immigrated to the U.S., they were on food stamps until they got their footing. But then professionally, I became interested in food when I was an undergrad at Georgetown. So I interned with Sweetgreen my sophomore year, and they're one of the first kind of fast casual restaurants that were centered on healthy local food. I also took a class called Green Revolution and learned about the rise of industrial agriculture, and that got me interested in how food really affects all the different parts of our society. Like our current food system, it's a major driver for climate change and deforestation and biodiversity loss and basically every environmental cause you could care about. And it's related to public health, um, since so many illnesses like cardiovascular disease, obesity, diabetes, they're all tied to diet. And it's also related to economic mobility and wealth disparities because students can perform well in school if they don't have access to enough healthy foods and same thing with adults at work. So that's just to say I was very inspired to work in this space. And then after college, I was a management consultant at Accenture and my first client was the USDA. So for three or so years, I worked with the Farm Service Agency and the Food and Nutrition Service on a lot of different projects, but mostly looking at um, precision agriculture technology and analytics to detect fraud in the SNAP program. Uh, I came to get my MBA because I feel like I was almost working in what I wanted to do, but I wanted to have a bigger impact on our food systems and be in a more consumer-facing role. So the MBA really allows me to pivot my career out of consulting and has given me a lot of the general management skills that I need. Um, I felt like I could give the moral case for a more sustainable and healthy, equitable food system, but I needed 
the soft skills like influencing people, but then also hard skills like figuring out how do you actually build a financial business case to do these things actually affect that change that I wanted to see. Okay, so given your evident passion for food equity, I want to know what your friends thought when you told them you were going for an MBA. Oh, a lot of my friends are also kind of in the same route, like very impact oriented. But uh, a lot of my friends pre-MBA were also my friends in consulting. So I think we had a similar mindset that business and the private sector can influence a lot of change. And I think especially because I was coming from consulting for the public sector, I kind of saw the balance of like, what kind of change does the public sector have control of versus what can you do through business? And we felt like business was where we wanted to be, even though at times we feel at odds in the classroom, like maybe a little out of place in discussions. But I think ultimately we see the power that we can have through the private sector. Totally agree with you. I mean, a lot of people were mystified when Walmart began carrying organic foods. But in one fell swoop, Walmart did more for organic food consumption in America than any other retailer. Yeah, definitely. It's just that power of the scale and the impact that they have, even if there might be some shady history there. I think there's always room for improvement. <laughs> Absolutely. Even now you're interested in clean energy financing and mission-driven investing. Those are fascinating combinations in very hot fields. How did you decide an MBA was right for you? Yeah, so definitely a fascinating combination. Um, and it's just the pithiest way to put it on my LinkedIn. But um, I've definitely had a non-traditional route. And why an MBA is similar to why I was excited about majoring in economics in undergrad. Um, I had just come off a gap year between high school and college when I entered undergrad, and I had worked for an AmeriCorps program city year working in an elementary school away from my home in New York. And I saw um, firsthand how interconnected things are, um, whether they be out education outcomes, health outcomes, job opportunities, etc. And so I really liked how economics was a lens in which to think about these dynamics and kind of like the interconnectedness. So while I think that there are a lot of grad school programs that approach the world like that, you know, whether it be policy or urban planning, even school of education, I came to the conclusion that the MBA made sense for me because I increasingly found myself in positions and interested in um, the role that the private sector would play in society and what it can do for individuals and for communities. And clearly, you know, impact investing is one of the really hot fields right now. A lot of people are interested in it. Uh, and there are a lot of companies to invest in that are doing really good in the world. Now, Jitam, you are passionate about education reform, and that's something that's really top of mind right now and likely for many years to come. How did you decide that getting a dual degree, an MBA and a master's in public policy was right for you? I had similar experiences as Eva working in the education sector, and I was able to see that nothing happens in a vacuum, that all the societal problems um, that were being experienced were right here on display. And I realized that I couldn't just work in this space and actually make change. I needed to understand a tri-sector approach to solving these social problems. Um, but another layer to that is many decision makers don't look like me. They do not have my lived experiences. And so therefore, they don't have adequate information when making decisions for students, when making decisions for families, when making decisions for mothers. And so I wanted that dual degree to equip myself with a toolkit to solve any problem that families and children were facing. 
Well, here's what's amazing to me. All three of you are following the road less traveled and all three are on different roads. So how do you feel? Do you belong? Are you accepted? Are you welcomed? Tell me, Jane? Um, I think as a former consultant, I don't feel that out of place. And um, even with my interest in food, I'm still pursuing more of a traditional post-MBA route going into brand management. So I think like we have the same skills, we have the same critical thinking abilities. I think it's just that, that maybe added interest in something more impact focused or something as it relates to outside of business as well. So I feel like we're accepted and just I found the space in the MBA program to have a lot more deeper conversations and kind of critically examine the things that were being taught and see if there's two sides to every story and things like that. Did you feel accepted? Did you feel welcomed and embraced in the Ross culture? Eva? Definitely. I think Ross is also an interesting community because we have so many amazing grad school programs to choose from. And so there is a robust community of dual degrees. And also no one is going to move to Ann Arbor for two years just for kicks. You, you come to be engaged in the community. So we're not in like a major urban center where you might get, you know, people doing their own thing on the weekends or in their extracurriculars. And, you know, I am actually going into investment banking. And so I see both sides of the coin and I do feel accepted in both kind of sub-communities at Ross. Right. Uh, because obviously impact investing is a part of the financial field. And if you go into impact investing, you might very well do it in a, a mainstream kind of bank. So, Jitam, how about you? Did you feel welcome at Ross? I think I have a slightly different answer. I definitely felt welcome, uh, but I got a lot of questions about alternative ways of doing what I was doing. Um, so this summer, I have the great opportunity to do social impact consulting with the Bridgespan Group. Uh, and many of my classmates asked why did I choose not to work at a private sector firm and um, do social impact that route or do corporate social responsibility. And this may be um, against what a lot of people believe, but I don't believe in triple bottom lines. I was able to, um, and Eva may have more understanding on this with her economics degree, but just by learning economics and understanding externalities, I think what's core to business isn't adding another bottom line, but when you're making decisions, making sure you're thinking about socially optimum outcomes. That being said, uh, one of the most important things was reminding myself of what's my North Star, what's the impact I want want to make and why I'm going this route to make that impact. So when asked those questions or when in situations during recruiting season where there's so many bright and shiny things, I had to remind myself, this is where I'm trying to go. So how does this fit into the puzzle? And it didn't fit in. Uh, and so therefore taking a step back and following my values. And now a plug for something else at Ross is we have the Sanger Leadership Institute and we also have um, Center for Positive Organizations. And I was able to do a lot of work with them in the fall that focused around my strengths and my values. And by doing that values alignment, I realized that some of those bright and shiny things um, didn't really fit with me, but I found a great way, but also a lucrative way to make the impact in a way that I think aligns with those values. Now tell me, was it difficult to resist the lure of traditional on-campus employers? Oh, Pretend? yeah. I mean, I have bet. you seen uh, how much money they make? Oh, um, yes, I have. 
And so that, uh, so I definitely had to ask myself a lot of questions around um, how much money is enough for me? Where does impact fit in there? Uh, but I think once I let go of that resistance, so many opportunities came my way. By the nature of COVID and virtual school, there are a lot of more part-time consulting options. And so I've been able to find fruitful ways to make money and make impact. And so I am sold on a career in social impact consulting because there are so many different avenues to uh, meet those financial goals, but also meet the goals for society. True. And you were in a great place to do an internship. I mean, Bridgespan is at the top of the heap. Very, very excited to be one of the lucky four interns. So, so I, you know, listening to all of you, I, I get the sense that all of you are in your own way changing business. Do you have that perspective, Jane? I would like to think so, um, especially once we graduate. It's a little hard to see how it's going to pan out um, before we have graduated. But I really hope that like with this new mindset and the things that I've learned, I can go in because I I think when I look back on even the things that I thought when I was at Accenture and working at USDA that I thought was the future of food, um, looking back, I'm like, oh, we were actually pretty wrong in some cases and we're part of perpetuating the problem. So I'm hoping that when I do go back to work, I can take all that I've learned about our food systems, but then also my new business skills to actually implement what I've learned. And I think one of the big things that I've taken away is that growth mindset too, and just being more comfortable with knowing that there's so much more I don't know. Um, so like the example I gave, there was so much that I thought was a solid truth and um, it wasn't necessarily the right way of thinking or the only way of thinking. So being open to just learning and changing my mind, I think that's something that will um, definitely help me moving forward to be able to change business too. I'll tell you a good case study discussion in a class will help you do that. And here are so many diverse viewpoints, some of which you can understand, some of which maybe you think you have no idea whether the person is right or wrong. Eva, do you have a sense that you want to change business? Yeah, I mean, I definitely want to be part of the bigger story. Um, I'm fortunate to have had strong relationships with female mentors, supervisors, and colleagues in my roles prior to Ross. And then obviously have met amazing women at Ross, including Jane and Jatem. Um, and I think maybe the biggest impact that I can have in business is to do what the people who I know have done for me, which is, you know, bring my whole self. I also love connecting people. So just connecting women to women and just helping and supporting them uh, lay claim in their potential. Um, I spent some of this year co-managing um, a group of MBAs interested in combating gender inequity in venture capital um, through the investing process. And someone the other day told me that uh, this interest and this experience that she was able to be a part of is going to shape the rest of her time in the MBA program because this is what she's going to go after to do um, post-MBA and in her internship. And it's not just uh, an internship that she's looking at in VC, but specifically on female-led companies and a career in that. Um, so whether formally or informally, I guess I am part and I want to be part of this bigger collective story creating change. But I also don't think that one person can take too much credit and that we just got to stick together. <laughs> well, that's certainly true. Uh, here's a question for all of you that I think a lot of people who think about an MBA grapple with. How do you reconcile the sticker price of the degree, cost of it, in entering a field that doesn't pay as well? 
Now, I know there's a lot of scholarship money available to people and a lot of support. Jitem, want to try that? Yeah, and I will also plug what Eva was just mentioning, GLIF, uh, the Gender Lens Investment Fund. I am a participant in that. I'm very passionate about female labor force participation and reducing um, barriers for females in the workplace because there are more CEOs named John than that are women. And so that has been a great place at Ross for me to channel those learnings into something uh, concrete, such as an investment thesis. Uh, but I think when we're trying to grapple with impact, yes, MBA programs have a huge price tag on them. And so I do think I was very risk averse. And so my decision to come to business school was based around financial aid. And also my decision to do a dual degree uh, was based around financial aid also. And so I can say that I am privileged to not have a huge debt price tag. So when I make those decisions about what's next, but I also think even if I had that huge debt price tag, again, like what are my values? And is it feasible for me to be okay with saying, I'm probably never going to pay this debt off and it will be okay. <laughs> um, I remember President Obama was in the White House still paying student loan debt. So do I really need to get it off of me? I can still be a homeowner and do other things um, with student loan debt. So I see it through that lens of student loan debt is just a small price you pay. And at the end of the day, once you graduate, it's a sunk cost. And it shouldn't be something you're um, handcuffed to when you really care about impact. Jane, how about you? Similar to Jatem, financial aid was a huge deciding factor in which MBA program I would go to. And I think something else that drew me to Michigan Ross was in my interviews and going to the prospective students weekends and things like that, I just learned about a lot more funding opportunities. So things like my Dow Fellowship, those are all paid opportunities to do research and in the work that I want to be doing. Um, similar with my research position right now around food assistance innovation, it's also a paid position. And so I feel like that was something that I just didn't see as common across the board in other MBA programs. It was like, you're paying this huge price tag and you keep on paying to do the things that you're interested in. Um, I think the other thing that I try to rationalize to myself, especially coming from consulting and then going into uh, brand management is just um, sometimes it's hard to look at roles and think like, oh, that's something I'm really interested in, but maybe the salary doesn't quite pay what a typical MBA level would. And at the end of the day, I think I just have to remind myself I'd rather work in something that I enjoy and am passionate about than get paid to do something that just doesn't really align with what I'm looking for. So obviously, a lot of business schools are inching closer to gender parity. Uh, every school would like to be 50-50 in terms of men and women. I wonder, though, what has it been like to be a woman in an MBA program today? Eva? Um, yeah, I have not much to compare it to, considering I'm only going to be doing my MBA once, hopefully. Um, you know... At Ross, we have a great platform um, for, you know, various platforms for women and also a, a great community for women. And I'm sure that lots has changed over the, even just the past few years, even just the last year. Um, I think that there still is a lot of progress to be made across equity and inclusion at large, not just gender. You know, one thing I think of is, for example, emotional labor in group meetings and um, you know, just small interactions within our program. And I don't think it's just an MBA program, but it's reflective of society at large. Jitem, what has it been like to be a woman in an MBA program? And you have the perspective of also being a woman in a public policy program where there are probably a lot more women. Um, yes, there are 
the public policy experience is very different from the MBA experience, which is great because I came here to learn how to speak both languages because those are both very powerful fields. Uh, that being said, I don't want to say it's difficult, but you have to come prepared and be willing to push back on um, certain ideas classmates have. And I think in terms of leadership, um, when we think about leaders, we normally think of white, cis, hetero men. And I am happy to be in this space to redefine what that looks like. But Ross has done a great job of redefining leadership. Uh, I remember visiting and there was a black woman class president. And since I've been here, there have been black women MBA council presidents. And so it's great to see someone and see yourself and be able to say, I can do this too. Uh, that being said, I think also Ross is closer to gender parity compared to other schools that I looked at and that the Wilk Experience Weekend, a lot of their events around recruiting women was a great lens to show that this was a supportive environment. That being said, when I'm in a classroom, I have no qualms about speaking up when I think the professor is saying something that doesn't agree with my values or may be bad for the students. Because again, we are shaping these future business leaders. And so I see it as an honor and a privilege to be in the classroom with um, a diverse group of people. And I hope that I can impact them to look at situations differently since they're going to be making decisions that impact thousands or maybe even millions. Jane, if you, if you have to identify one thing that you've been involved in at Ross that really made a difference for you, what would it be? I think um, something that you mentioned in my bio was the Dow Sustainability Fellowship. I think the benefit of that was being on an interdisciplinary team. Um, so I was with one other Rosser and then two students at the School for Environment and Sustainability, and one of them was also a dual with the public health school. And so it was just so great to see a team kind of come together and bring in our different skill sets. And I felt like that was more of a reflection of what we'd be going into the world after business school, because we're working with people who have very different backgrounds and experiences and trainings and lean into each other's skills and strengths and also just see like how they approach problems. Whereas coming from consulting, everyone approached problems pretty similarly. So I just loved getting that diverse view into different people's backgrounds and experiences. That's great. And it's often said, classmates teach each other more than faculty teach the class. So learning from your peers is an important part of the MBA experience. Now, Eva, what's your one thing? What's the one thing that most resonated with you from your Ross experience so far? Yeah, I think, I guess it's twofold. Number one, um, you know, back to our conversation earlier about having trouble and not trying to fit the mold. I actually worked part-time last winter semester um, and I worked a full two days a week. And so I think having the time to do that, I mean, at first I was like, do I want to do this internship? It was at a local VC firm um, because I was here to do my MBA and I felt like I should be doing my MBA. But at the same time, I wouldn't have had the opportunity to work two full days a week for this place without being in school. So I think that I really got a lot from that experience and that kind of, you know, solidified my interest in venture capital and then led me to do the work I'm doing this year, which is managing the gender lens investing focus program that we spoke about earlier as well. So, you know, I think having that kickstart, the opportunity to take that job and then seeing where it's led me today um, is kind of like the one most impactful part of my MBA experience so far. Great. Chitam, what about your one thing? This is such a tricky question. 
Um, <laughs> I would say um, one experience I've had is Ross is one of the 22 schools, a part of the consortium um, CGSM. And that really was a life-changing experience for me. The consortium has a pre-orientation conference that happens before you start school. So being able to meet my classmates before coming on campus prior to COVID was a great experience. Um, but also that's how I was able to land my internship. So the ability to get an early offer uh, reduced so much stress doing fall A and fall B um, of the hectic, crazy MBA schedule, but really gave me that time I mentioned to um, focus on my values, but also be a very active leader. And so I would say another good experience for me was being on the VP of allyship for the Black Business Student Association because of the interactions I was able to have with my classmates to teach them, but also to learn from them, as you mentioned, as they go into these spaces um, and be future leaders and make sure they understand how to use their voice to support uh, peers who don't have the same privileges. Well, it's been a real pleasure to spend some time with all three of you. Eva, Jane, Jatam, thank you so much. Uh, you're all three great representatives of the Ross School, passionate about something above and beyond yourself, uh, which I love. I always say, you know, you need to be not ambitious for yourself, but for others. And I think each of you is truly that. So, and I want to thank everyone out there. You've been listening to our latest podcast in a series for the fourth annual MBA Summit. Uh, sponsored by the Royal School of Business at the University of Michigan. This is John Byrne with Poets and Thanks for listening. 